When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Switzerland! The U.S. go up! What a goal from Carlos Bocanegra! Going to play along here! What a goal from Lloyd! This is spectacular! It's hit with no regard for humanity! Is this the moment for Shakiri? Yes, it is! Switzerland! And Shakiri has scored in the 90th minute! That was worth the price of admission alone! This is Soccer Matters, brought to you by the Daspit Law Firm, daspitlaw.com. From the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Glenn Davis. All right, welcome into the Horn in Austin, Texas, and Soccer Matters, presented as always by Daspit Law Firm, daspitlawaustin.com. You give John and his firm personal injury attorneys a call at 512-865-6710. They are bilingual. And uh, we appreciate uh, their great support of the great game of soccer. We stream at hornfm.com. The call-in number is 512-447-3776, 512-447-ESPN. You get the podcast of this show at hornfm.com. Uh, following up the guys on Ball Don't Lie, Ty Henderson, uh, I heard you uh, shouted out there by the guys, hardest working man, and uh, I would tend to agree with them. I appreciate it, Glenn. No, I love being here, though. Yeah, we, radio's a passion, isn't it? It really is. Labor of love. Uh, 100%. 100%. It, I, I've grown to love it so much, um, whether it's actually calling a game or you know, doing soccer programs like uh, here in Austin, uh, Soccer Matters, and, and in Houston. All right, a uh, couple of things here. U.S. men's national team is in action right now against El Salvador. Uh, we'll keep you updated on that. Interesting results occurred in European qualifying. In Major League Soccer, St. Louis, yeah, we remember them in Austin. Well, they're undefeated at 5-0. Jordan Morris hits for four for Seattle in MLS. Okay, we've got a number of guests here tonight. Uh, we're going to talk Mexican football. Uh, great friend of mine. I, I call him kind of an ec- expert on the Mexican League. He grew up in Mexico. Uh, his name is Rodrigo de Luna. He's coming on the show tonight. I want to talk about the demystifying of Azteca Stadium. I want to talk to him about the Mexican national team. Um, is the pride still there with the Mexican national team? I want to talk about Memo Ochoa and goal. They come off a 2-2 draw last night with Jamaica. They advanced to the semifinals. Uh, but I, I want to talk everything Mexican league because there, there is a connection here now with Liga MX, Major League Soccer, uh, all these revenue streams, and uh, the Mexican national team. Jorge Itoralde, you know him, Club Deportes, clubdeportes.com. Jorge will be on the show as well. Down in Mexico, Antonio Mohamed has been named the new coach of Unam Pumas. Manchester United to play Wrexham in July. Now, before you get too crazy, uh, it's very much conditioned by Manchester United that they're going to be bringing a lot of academy products. Um, You're likely going to watch... Academy products that never see the field for them in a Manchester United uniform. I'm not trying to deflate this, but there, there is a, 
kind of a marketing element of this and an awareness from the brand perspective uh, a part of this uh, as well. But could be a lot of fun. But think about it again as another opportunity to float the brand awareness. Antonio Conte, well, we knew he was going to be out at Spurs, which is not surprising. But, you know, the bombastic post-match rant he had about Spurs, although it was you know, tantamount to suicide, I would just say he focused on lack of ambition. Go to their owner, Daniel Levy, real focus on a stadium. Didn't keep Mauricio Pochettino. Maybe some truth to that, right? Maybe some truth. Question is, will Harry Kane remain around there? All right, so Austin FC comes off a 1-1 draw, and I, and I did promise on Twitter that I was going to walk you off the ledge a little bit here. All right, so Austin FC, missing uh, center backs. Obviously, this is a real point of contention. Leah Weissen in away from Finland. I watched a little bit of his game. Clearly, Josh Wolf, the Austin FC manager, um, is not ready for Kip Keller back in the lineup. He's taking the approach after that opening game that he had against St. Louis where he was literally a part of every goal. It was just a bad game for the young player. He's being very, very careful, nurturing him along. Uh, got him uh, down with Austin FC, too. Amro Tarek uh, did not get the call. So outside back, Nick Lima came in alongside Alex Ring. I just want to say this. I can assure you that if you are a center back on contract, on the roster, and an outside back or someone else is getting the call over you, you're not happy competitively speaking, nor should you be, and I don't think your manager is going to want you to be. Now, I understand Josh is bringing Keller back slowly. That's why he plays with Austin uh, and their second team, who I believe beat the Houston Dynamo second team. So having him play with Austin FC, two team, that, that's a smart thing. In, in the long run, likely a great decision. But Austin FC, you have to remember, when these moves are made and somebody's playing over you, you're not happy uh, if you're an Amro Tarek. And hopefully Kip Keller's not happy. Uh, also, even though he knows the reason why he's on the two-team, it's just to regain his form. Austin FC is also acquired concerning the center-back position, Alexander Radovanovic from Kortrich in the Belgian First Division. They call it the Belgian Jupiler League. Uh, he's going to come on loan, 29 years old, Serbian. So the center-back position remains an issue at the moment. Julio Cascante trying to fight his way back. Vassanen will come back, or Vicenin, excuse me, Leo Vicenin. Um, so, you know, the problem can be solved and will be solved through health and Band-Aids from other areas for the moment. But a two-week break, perfect timing for Austin FC before they resume MLS play uh, against LAFC. Brad Stuver stood on his head against Colorado, named to the MLS Team of the Week. Great goalkeeping. He was good. In fact, he was so good, he earned you points from the goalkeeper position. Only three shots on target for Austin FC. Overall, only four shots inside the box, with one being the John Gallagher goal, which John Gallagher now has three goals and has become a real weapon coming from deep. But you're not going to be able to depend on that forever. Um, 
which leads me to the striker position where, of course, you got Will Bruins, Will Bruin, you got Maxi Arruti, and you got Jazzy Zardis. And, and, you know, who's going to earn and win that role? I think Jazzy Zardis has been brought in to be the starter, maybe potentially it was Maxi Arruti coming off the bench. I do believe he's more effective there, much like Michael Barrios when he came off the bench for Colorado. Um, movement, mobility from Maxi Arruti. He's been a good guy off the bench this year. The question is, are you going to get enough out of the number nine position, you know, uh, without starting him uh, from Jazzy Sardis? You've got to score goals in that position. I, as much as I know you have to be a system guy, at some point, the closest man to an opponent's goal who spends a lot of time in a penalty box has to be a finisher. Okay, so Barrios comes on for Colorado and is taking on fatiguing defenders. And he gets isolated, and the minute he gets isolated with Alex Ring, he knew there was trouble. And basically, uh, Alex Ring doesn't want to get isolated out there, couldn't move his feet. Next thing you know, Barrios is untouched behind him. Cabral pulls out as Barrios goes to the end line to create a passing angle. Barrios finds him, and it's 1-1. Um, and you have to really honor now the, the, the Barrios-type player or the Arruti player that's getting older but that can come off the bench and is still explosive enough or has the type of movement that can hurt you late in the game against fatiguing players. Um, all right, let's go to some uh, Josh Wolf soundbite. Let's start with uh, his conversation. He, he spoke a bit on Will Bruin and Rodney Redis. It's, it's trying to get guys opportunities, but in this game, I mean, of course I'd love to bring on Maxi, but that set pieces are, that set are I think we've got to respect what they are on set pieces. And Will gives us keeps the level of physicality and they put a lot into their set pieces and and will gives us some physicality that i think maxi doesn't so that was one of the reasons for that rodney the left side we had that change coming before the goal we could see z was struggling and physically it was it was a big a big load for him as it has been at the beginning of the year so we just wanted to get some freshness in especially for that left side and we just weren't able to get it in there quick enough so that was josh wolf on you know, the reasoning behind making some of the moves. There, there is opportunity that's coming through injury. And by the way, every team in this league right now has points of contentions in areas that have to be improved. Pretty much every team. Uh, this, is, this is a different season. I've said this for Austin FC. It's a different season for Josh Wolf. He's getting confronted with differing types of decisions that he's probably never had as a head coach yet with the additional competition. So, you know, when I hear people saying you know, coach out and all that, uh, you know, you got to tell me why. Uh, it can't be just because you, you think a result is poor. Um, there's a lot of teams with uh, results now that aren't the type of results they want. You want to talk about it? 512-447-3776, 512-447-3776. John Gallagher got his third goal of the year off a great pass from Driussi. Now, but if you go back and look at how poorly aligned the team shape of Colorado is, this was bread and butter for Driussi. This was, this was nothing for him. This was a gimme. Um, there was so much room between the Colorado center back and the outside back that it was almost remarkable. And two guys went, went flying out. I have no – it's bizarre when you watch it because 
they move forward so quickly. It's like the parting of the Red Sea. It just opens up, and, and you know Driussi can hit it, and he's got a well-timed run from Gallagher. But it's remarkable when you go back and look at it how much space there was for him. You know, you, 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 with his skill set, space between a center back and an outside back like that, you could have drove a bus through this. It was as though defenders were not honoring and understanding their position in relation to the ball. And Driussi, you do that around him, he's going to hurt you. Now, not every guy in the league is going to make that pass. Some are going to overhit it. Not Sebastian Driussi. Um, they just kept coming out. It was, it was bizarre. Issues at center back. Okay, Diego Fagundes, the form, the importance of him complimenting others on this team. Uh, I think Austin FC is missing him in a big way in his real form. Here's Josh Wolf on Diego Fagundes. Um, and it was challenging for him. So we talked about that as well. But, um, you know, today it was, it was more my decision based on some of the things that the way the performances have been and some of the reactions coming out of the Houston game. So Diego's going to play more games. I prefer him on the left. I think that's his best position. But the way the game was going today, I wanted him on the right. One, because I didn't want him getting pulled back and he didn't feel comfortable doing that the last time we did it so some of that's some feedback from him and, and and again I think Diego can play anywhere on the field so that is real honest you know I I really you got to give Josh Wolf a lot of credit right there he gave you very very good information because a lot of this had to do with sagging back defensively maybe asking Diego Fagundes to alter his game not being on the left side where he's putting such an attacking threat the manager gave you the information it's pretty good. Not all of them will do that. Now, anybody who's out on the outside now would just say, yeah, okay. So now I get it. I get why there's some friction there. Uh, when a player's role is altered and he thinks he's good at it, doing it this way or on this side of the field or whatever it is, that slight little difference between a player and a manager, these are things that have to be worked through. Every single team in the league has these problems. Every single team in the league has challenges. So back to the striker position with the Rudy Zardes and Brune. Um, again, every MLS roster, people are addressing issues. I will say this. Players leaving training every day. Okay? When you have an MLS roster, as much as you'll hear, oh, we got a great locker room, everybody loves each other, I, I would clarify that respect each other players get in their car after training every day and they are not fully satisfied when it comes to being unhappy about their playing situation um, that's professional football when you hear locker rooms and oh it's great we everybody loves each other you have to think yes it can be great with the buy-in to the project but many are not happy positionally many are not happy with playing time that's professional sports. Player has to have respect for their coach, respect for the project, and the competition. Personally married, your, your, your personal goals have to be married to the overall collective of the team goals. There's no question. It's a tough balance for any coach to handle. Tough, tough. And these days, you're expected to manage an entire roster. That's why you have pretty large staffs. I mean, I was at a Houston Dynamo practice the other day. I couldn't believe it. When I played professionally, there was, you know, a coach and maybe two assistants, you know, some training people. That's about it. 
There wasn't many people. There were 16 people standing in the middle of the field. Pretty amazing um, how different it is now. Mexico 2-2 with Jamaica. We'll talk about that in our next segment with Rodrigo de Luna. Wet and wild night at Azteca Stadium last night. That's a place that continues for me. People aren't scared to go there anymore. Mexico plays all its games in the United States anyway. Continues to be demystified through results and other teams coming in there with a lot of confidence. Um, I did not think Mexico looked great against Suriname. We'll talk about it tonight when we come back. All right, uh, this is... This is Ty Henderson at his best. A little Steely Dan for you. Glenn. Yeah. Yeah. Steely Dan was making its way around, by the way, Ty. They were, I don't know, about six months ago, they were all over the place. Really? I must have missed that. Yeah. And they weren't known for playing in public. They were known more for recording. So it was a, it was a big show. A lot of people went to these shows. Uh, nostalgia. Steely Dan. Good stuff, Ty. Uh, Soccer Matters on the Horn in Austin, Texas is brought to you by... John Daspit and the Daspit Law Firm. It's DaspitLawAustin.com. They're personal injury attorneys. You get in any kind of car, boat, motorcycle accident. You might work in a plant. Again, you got to hope you don't have to use a personal injury attorney, but if you do, you go to the best. It's DaspitLawAustin.com. You call them. They're bilingual at 512-865-6710. Posted on Twitter and Instagram uh, pretty quickly before the show. It was a pretty... It was pretty rough, uh, pretty rough edit, but it's uh, some of the swag we have for our pediatric cancer charity that is in green specifically for Austin FC fans. So we've got them ready for you. We have hats as well. You go to LamontBrands.com. We'll take a break. We'll come back. We'll talk Liga MX Mexican national team with Rodrigo de Luna. about this time this is uh war ah, classic legendary war. great soulful sound war gotta love it all right welcome back to soccer matters on the horn in austin texas right now uh, last i heard 42nd minute it is the u.s and el salvador uh tied at zero so the u.s started this uh with a lot of regulars matt turner and goal who's been at arsenal who Kind of lost out on his Europa League place as of late. Uh, Tim Ream. Miles Robinson. Great to see him back uh, in the mix. Serginio Dest. Eunice Musa, Weston McKinney. Uh, Pulisic. Gio Reyna. Zendejas, who's committed to the U.S. And up front, Daryl D.K. Interesting lineup. If anybody's got any thoughts on the game and they're watching it right now, let me know. El Salvador, a big step up in competition from Granada. Uh, Gio Reyna uh, in this lineup as well, which is an interesting one because uh, right away I I like the fact that Anthony Hudson brought him back into the fold, provided that uh, there was a level of humility there. Uh, I would assume there was. Uh, But he is is, uh, getting the start in this one. 
Roldan, Zavaleta, Dominguez, Tamakis, and Goal Gonzalez. This is El Salvador's lineup under Hugo Sanchez. Uh, Hugo Sanchez. Hugo Perez. Reyes, Landaverde, Oriana, Enriquez, and then Gil and uh, Hernandez up front for them. So uh, that's where we're at. Uh, last I heard, it was still 0-0 at the half, and this game being played at Exploria Stadium in Orlando, Florida. So interesting stuff there. All right. Um, hopefully Rodrigo de Luna is going to call in here shortly, and we'll, we'll get to him to talk a little bit about Mexico and what's going on in the Mexican League and the sport overall down there. Uh, a couple of things. Uh, so I was watching uh, part of the game last night, Jamaica and Mexico. Uh, I don't know if you saw the goal from Bobby D. Cordova, Reed. Uh, it was a long-range hit, long hit at Azteca. That was a pretty remarkable goal. If you haven't seen it, go back and see it. Uh, it, it beats Memo Rod Rodriguez from long, long range. I mean, long range. Which leads me to Memo Rodriguez. By the way, the, oh, Jamaica would get another own goal. Uh, Orbelin Pineda would get one, and uh, Chucky Lozano would hit from the penalty spot. Mexico in the semifinals, obviously, anytime Mexico doesn't get a result at Azteca, you get uh, big criticism of whoever the coach is. It's Diego Coca, who's in the early stages of you know, running this team. So Memo Ochoa in goal for Mexico. And if you're a fan of El Tri, or just a fan of soccer and you watch Mexico, 512-447-3776. Give us a call. Because I want to know if you think Memo Ochoa is still clearly the number one. And should he step aside like Jesus Corona has said he needs to do? Jesus Corona says he needs to step aside for the younger goalkeepers. Ah, but Memo Ochoa has got a personal peace in all of this. Memo Ochoa wants to go to the 2026 World Cup, which is being held in the U.S., obviously, Mexico, and Canada. 48 teams. He wants to go because he wants to be the first player in history to be a part of six World Cups. Now, there have been older goalkeepers before in the World Cup. We know that. Pat Jennings with Ireland comes to mind. Dino Zoff of Italy. Ochoa is 37 now. He'll be pushing 40 by the time that World Cup comes around. Question is, is his form good enough? I don't know if he's in the same place. And goalkeepers, though, as they get older because of their understanding of the position and angles and all the other intangibles, um, you know, they can make the ball hit them, basically. He has had good performances in Italy. He has gotten a lot of good reviews in Italy. Uh, he is playing at Salernitana. He's made a couple of teams of the week, I think. But the question is, you know, is, is Santos Laguna goalkeeper, Carlos Acevedo, who's in great form, many believe he should be the number one. Is he being kind of pushed out on this? Uh, so... It's one to keep an eye on. Now, back to Mexico and Azteca. I think it's been demystified. They play so many games in the United States. I don't think teams are afraid to go 
to Azteca Stadium to play the Mexican national team. Um, I still believe they've got the same problems with, you know, a lot of players from South America that take opportunity away from the Mexican player when it comes to to playing in Liga MX. So they've got their challenges too. And some might say that about Major League Soccer now with the influx of foreign players from, you know, Argentina, Colombia really leading the way. There's a ton of European players now coming over here. Have we lost sight of the American player? Stuver, Gallagher went to Notre Dame. Lima, you know, there's quite a few Americans on the field for Austin FC. But, you know, these leagues have to, in a lot of ways, be careful because sometimes you're bringing in players that, uh, you know, the roles could be filled by either a Mexican national or an American national. Uh, that's how it goes. Okay. Manchester United, uh, there's been so much about the bids and the potential of the team being sold by the Glazer family. Um, they're still hoping that a buyout can happen. That's been reported by ESPN. Interested parties, uh, Sheikh Jassim bin Hamad Altani, Sir Jim Ratcliffe, and Thomas Ziliakis. Uh, the bids from Sheikh Jassim and Ratcliffe have been increased, apparently. From the number of 4.5 billion pounds, believe it or not. The asking price from the Glazers, 6 billion pounds. Um, so who knows? It's a negotiation process. Um, the Glaver, Glazers, for many years, just took money out of the club. Uh, the club is getting back to glory under Eric Ten Hag now. There's been a lot of movement on the competitive side with what he's done, outstanding job as a manager. Um, there is a U.S. bank that is apparently working with the Glazers as well uh, called uh, the Rain Group. Uh, what the next stage of this process is going to be. There may be more bidders. Um, who knows? United staff apparently have been told to expect, quote, clarity on the ownership situation by the end of the season. So if that's true, something's going to break, you know, by the end of May, June. Um, contract extensions for key players, Marcus Rashford, summer transfer window uh, is something that everybody's going to keep an eye on. There's been rumors about Harry Kane coming where, there. Um, you know, you, you just, you just don't want to do anything now that messes up the com competitive side of Eric Ten Hag as he's continuing to build this because he's doing great things. He wants a top class striker. We all know that we've seen, we've heard that ahead of next season. Um, that's a big one for him. No question about it. France beat Ireland. Benjamin Pavard came back to the team. Second half strike. Beat the Republic of Ireland. Uh, that was in European Championship qualifying. I don't know if you've watched much of that, but it's it's been on. It's been really fun. I mean, you might have watched Leo Weissenden. Um Four nothing over the Netherlands too. For the French, 
Hugo Lloris retired. Mike Maginan is in goal now for France. Ireland in fourth place after one goal. He said, quote, it's never uh, easy. This is Didier Deschamps. It's never easy against such an aggressive team. We were ahead. Then they threatened on set pieces. We were solid. It's a good two games, even if today's was not as good as Friday's. I mean, imagine these guys, the amount of games they're playing. They don't get much of a break. I think we, I think we do know that. They don't get much of a break. All right, um, Peru and Spanish, Peru players and Spanish police officers. Now, this is an interesting one. Altercation in front of their hotel in Madrid on Monday. Uh, don't really know what happened here. It said uh, on this social media piece that one of the players was pushed back. Uh, a brawl ensued. Peru staff got involved. Peru is playing Morocco uh, at Atletico Madrid Stadium, the Metropolitano, on Tuesday. Um, things were quickly calmed down, but as we know in this day and age, every minute there's a camera on the actions uh, of everybody. Now, I did uh, mention in the start of the show tonight that Jordan Morris hit for four over Sporting Kansas City. Sounders... Uh, Getting a very big win there. He scored four goals, and the four assists come from Leo Chu. That's pretty remarkable. Two guys hook up four times in a game. One guy gets all the assists. One guy scores all the goals. Um, pretty amazing. LAFC, well, guess what? They're the next match in a little less than two weeks for Austin FC, and we all know there's a lot of goals scored in those games. You get at least three. Three or more. Dennis Bowanga, who was LAFC's great signing, played for Gabon on Thursday. Um, so he came back, came off the bench, and scored in the 84th minute for a win against FC Dallas. St. Louis SC, five for five. And uh, they are a pressing bunch. They destroyed Real Salt Lake. All right, we're going to take a break. We're going to come back. Uh, Jorge Torraldo will continue some Soccer talk from around the world. We'll also uh, talk Austin FC with him. Antonio Conte, we mentioned, has departed. Um, Messi to MLS. We'll see what Jorge thinks about that. Uh, take a break here. Soccer Matters on the Horn in Austin, Texas, brought to you by the one and only John Daspit and the Daspit Law Firm. It's DaspitLawAustin.com, 512-865-6710. They're bilingual. DaspitLawAustin.com. We'll take uh, a little Led Zeppelin to break. ZZ Top. Soccer batters here uh, on the horn in Austin, Texas. GaspitLawAustin.com. We're presenting sponsors 512-865-6710. Let me just tell you a little bit about the Daspit Law Firm and their support of soccer on the radio for many, many years. Um, you know, you, you don't get on the radio without a really good presenting sponsor, and that's what I've had both in Houston and Austin, and we've been able to uh, 
kick off a great show in Austin, Texas, and we really appreciate everything uh, from John Daspit and the Daspit Law Firm. They're personal injury attorneys, great staff. They'll work for you 24-7, nights and weekends. Get in a car accident, boat, motorcycle, any kind of, maybe you work on a construction site, drive an 18-wheeler. Um, they will take your case. They'll fight for your right for compensation, calm you down. It's the Daspit Law Firm, DaspitLawAustin.com. You want the best when you get in an accident. By the way, best producing is when you play that Led Zeppelin song and you wait for that one great part where the guitar comes in and Robert Plant starts singing. Ty, that, that's real producing right there. I appreciate it. We also have Jorge on the that. line. Yeah, okay, good. I love that, though. I love that because... Um, you know, I sat here waiting. I'm, uh, is he going to let? Is he going to let this go when Jimmy Page busts in big and and Robert Plant? And I knew you would. All right, buddy. Let's get to Jorge Iturralde. Jorge, thank you very much uh, for coming on the show. How are you? Very good, man. How are you? Nice to talk to you again. Always good, Jorge. All right. So look, you were in that press room after the Colorado game. Just some of your impressions about the mood. Um, about the mood from Josh Wolf and, and some of the players? Um, we have the opportunity to talk only with Brad Stewart and uh, John Gallagher, but, you know, it seems like everybody was not not really unhappy. They were okay. Josh Wolf was making uh, jokes when we when he started uh, the media conference, and uh, it was, I think they were, they were happy with the 1-1. With the uh, my questions... I don't know if you have the opportunity to to uh, heard the uh, media conference, but it was straight to the starting eleven, and and uh, one of the questions that I asked him it was uh, why uh, he he mentioned in the first question that we don't have center back. That's why he used Nick Lima on the on the center back and you know ring and everything. But I asked him why why we have uh, uh, Amro Tarek and uh, uh, Nick uh, Kip Keller. On, on the team, on the roster, is they're not good enough. And and he said, I, I don't know if you already heard that, but he said that they're not ready to be in the team. But I didn't see him any uh, upset or anything with the uh, with the results. Yeah, no, I, I did listen to that. And, and I had made a comment earlier in the show about that, that, okay, look, if, if that was the plan to ease Keller back after a really rough game against St. Louis – Okay, I, I, that could have great long-term effects for you. I understand where you're coming from, though, too. And, uh, you know, and if I'm Amro Tarek and we're pulling in an outside back to play center back over me, I can't be happy. And that doesn't mean likely, unless there's an injury or something we don't know, that a coach has the confidence in that player at the moment. I think everything, it's, uh, it's a decision. I don't think uh, Keep or Amro are with any kind of injury. It's just a walk decision. And, you know, what it makes me wonder why, um, I, I repeat, no, why we have them on the team. I mean, if they're not good enough, uh, if they're not on the level of the other players, I think it's a waste of money. Well, it's, it's definitely one way to look at it because, you know, you are really, you're, you're digging into your reserves and, and really alternative ways of trying to solve a problem with Alex Ring and Lima. I think Ring has done well, but he got unfortunately isolated with uh, Barrios. And, and, you know, Barrios is a tough guy to play against, especially off the, bat, uh, off the bench late in games. 
He's still explosive. He can still accelerate. I think the way Colorado uses him now off the bench like that is great, and that helped them get a point. Do you think Colorado was a better team? I, you know, I'm sure he was a better team. I mean, we really, we were lucky not to lose the game. Um, they, you know, I'm not lucky thanks to Stuber, by the way. He was definitely yeah, he was outstanding. Man of, the, of the match. Yeah, they, they don't they don't give a man of the match when we have a you know when we don't win. But uh, the media we were talking about about Stuber. He was he was really the saver on, on the field and uh, and I I'm sure Colorado was better than us. Uh, I don't know if you already talked about the tactics, but they they used six people uh, as a midfielders and they just came all the field. I mean, it was like. A really good strategy, and and uh, we really saved the game. Finley, Valencia, Pereira, Gallagher, Rigoni, Driussi. Um, good bunch of names there. Um, did did they create enough chances for you in this game? Were you surprised that that they only had four shots inside the penalty area against the Colorado Rapids? You know, it's something that uh, that that is happening. With our team, we can't predict what's going to happen in the next game. Um, Austin, he, you know, we we, we had uh, four shots on the last, on the previous game. We I think we have how many you saved on this one? Four, right? I haven't well, four, I, I forgot four, in, four inside the box, and I think three on target. Okay, I mean, there were seven. So just a total so of four shots inside the box. It included the goal from Gallagher. I apologize. I was I was checking on the other numbers, but you know, we it's. It's like we cannot predict uh, what is going to happen, and and the next game, and and uh, and we we expect something. And my prediction last week on the show on FCTV, I said we're going to tie one one because it's, it's what we have seen on 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 since they, since game one. It's like one uh, starting eleven, and then a bunch of changes, and then a bunch of changes, and and we have another changes this time. And we, if you ask me what's going to happen on, on NAFC, we don't know how we're going to be there. So, so right now, Wolf, I think, is still in preseason mood. And uh, we, we have to wait. We have to be patient to, to, to see something changing during the games. I mean, we're just starting. It's the fifth week. And, and our preseason is mm-hmm. still on, on, on the road. Yeah, no, I agree with you 100%. It's a, it's, it's a league you can take your time solving problems. 62% of the teams, as I've mentioned, make the playoffs. That's 18 out of 29. Um, so you don't, you know, you can walk yourself off the ledge right now if you're an Austin FC fan. On the other hand, as people on the outside, winning, losing, the, the, these are the things you want to analyze and talk about, right? So... You know, what do you think are your biggest concern? Is it the striker position? Is it the center back position? Center back position to me will get solved. Let's see how the new player who comes in um, that has been signed that we'll see if uh, Alexander Radovanovic, uh, who comes in from the Belgian first division, if he can be uh, a stopgap there. Cascante's health is important. You know, uh, Bisonen looks the real deal. I think that's going to get solved. Um, for me, though, the two big ones right now maybe are Diego Fagundes and, and, and getting him back into form, and then the striker position. What's biggest to you right now? I think uh, we are 
my biggest concern is Rigoni. Uh, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna say the name because we are expecting more about him. The the mm-hmm. the team play in some uh, different way before Rigoni and after Rigoni. We were doing some uh, numbers on FCTV and we um, count 15 games before Rigoni and we count the 15 games after Rigoni. Before Rigoni, it was a team that it had coordination all over the, the field. We mm-hmm. won eight games, we tied uh, four, and we lose three. That was 15 games before Rigoni. After Rigoni, we have lost seven games, uh, tied five. Let me see. Uh, we lost seven games. We tied five. No, no, I'm sorry. We lost eight games. We tied four. And we uh, 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 lost, I mean, we won three. Three. Since Rigoni is, is here. So the numbers are not because of Rigoni's fault. Definitely, it's not because of Rigoni's fault. But the system, the system changed when Rigoni arrived. And that has to be adjusted. On, on uh, Wolf's hands, it has to be the adjustment to, to, to start doing... Tell me how it changed on the right, Jorge. Tell me how it changed on the right and how the system changed with Rigoni. Uh, is, is it strictly a personnel issue? No, I think Rigoni, you know, they're trying to push Rigoni to, to, to give results. And Rigoni is not ready for, for MLS. Even though he has 15 games, he's not ready. So when he, when he gets on the field, uh, Philly is not at his position. They, move, they send him to the other position. Sebas is not free the way he was or the way it is. Sebas Andrews is not, is not free, or he doesn't feel freely the same as when, uh, when Rigoni is not there. And Pagundes, um, Pagundes is lost every time. Every time he's on the field, he doesn't play the same the same way he used to play before. So, I think Rigoni is a good member. It's a good team member. It's a good. It's a good. Uh, it's a good player. But he needs to be, in my opinion, he needs to be in a position where he feels uh, comfortable. Because I don't see him comfortable on on, as a, on you know the right wing. And and uh, and uh, when he, they move it to the left wing, it's even worse. So I think they need to leave, and that's that's something that I've been saying for a couple of weeks, actually a few weeks. I said let uh, Rigoni play freely, the same way as you see. If we use uh, Rigoni as a double ten, you know, just let him move whatever he wants to move. He's going to be more productive. This is my personal opinion. But following the instructions on the MLS. It has to be kind of uh, by the book. And, and I don't see how Rigoni is going to improve his performance on, 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 a, on you know, in a position that he hasn't been doing any, any, any production or any good things. In but Jorge, games. do you think you can have two players that have free roles like that? I mean, uh, you definitely, know, definitely. Does he do, does he do enough when the ball's lost? No, because, because they can rotate. I mean, Sebas can go. Uh, Sebas can go uh, on one side, uh, even even uh, uh, wait or, or or be. I don't know the word in, in English, but he can he can he can wait until uh, uh, you know play after play, and and have them rotate the number ten position. One of them, when when one of the ten, let's say Sebas goes 
to uh, to the attack. Rigori can be just a little, few steps, few steps behind. When Rigori goes to front, Sebas can can be ten steps behind. I mean, it's just a matter of trying. But or or, or definitely ask Rigori where do you feel uh, comfortable because people we we did few interviews and the people doesn't think Rigoni is doing a good job. But if you ask Wolf, Wolf tells you, yeah, he's doing a very good job. He's, he, well, has to, he, ha- he has to. He's a designated player. He's got to support the player right now. He's got to keep continuing to hope that he's going to produce um, some more goals and assists and, and do a bit more for the team. Um, look, Houston's got a designated player that's not even getting on the field. Um, and he's their best goal scorer. Can't get on the field because Ben Olsen – Wants more of a worker in the number nine position as opposed to a Paraguayan who had 13 goals last year. So, um, you know, these are the challenges for coaches. It's easy for us on the outside, but but I like what you're saying yeah. tonight. I, I love right. I love digging into the tactics. Uh, it's great stuff, Jorge. You're 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 great as usual. So thank you very much uh, again for coming on the show. That's Jorge Iturralde. Jorge, tell people where they can find you. Oh, they can find us in clubdeportes.com. We have English and Spanish art codes. We have English and Spanish shows in clubdeportes.com. They can follow us. And, and uh, there are a bunch of stuff, a bunch of uh, content that, uh, that is... Uh, it's it's uh, Austin FC, number one source in Spanish. Definitely. All right, uh, Jorge, until the next time we say goodbye, thank you very much for coming on the show here. That's it for tonight. Ty Henderson, uh, Behind the Glass. Big thanks to Jorge for uh, him coming. I, I like Jorge because he, he, he says things. Um, it brings and leads to good discussion. Leads to good discussion about coaches and how difficult it is with roster decisions and, and tactics and all these other things. So anyway, that does it tonight. Soccer Matters on the Horn in Austin, Texas, presented by DaspitLawAustin.com. Hit me up on Twitter and Instagram, at Glenn Davisock, at Soccer Matters GD. And don't forget the podcast of all the great shows and programming on the Horn in Austin, Texas. It's at hornfm.com. Until next Monday night, I'm Glenn Davis. Thanks to Ty Henderson. Good night, everyone.